I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Sonupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and this is a blockbuster special. A lot of you guys have asked for this guest, and I'm glad that he's finally here. My guest is Saurav Mukherjee, founder and CEO at Mastellus Investment Managers. He honestly doesn't need any introduction at all. Really, so many of you have asked me to bring him on Paisa Paisa. And the reason I have not been able to do that is because we've been busy writing a book for the last two years. Um, see, now I worked with Saurav since 2014 as a consultant, but more recently for the past two years, I've, I've really had the honor to be part of his research into outsized professional success in highly competitive uh, industries and professions. And our book is the conclusion of this research. The book is called "The Victory Project: Six Steps to Reach." Peak potential. It's out on delivery starting today because this podcast is going to this episode is going to air on 17th August. So go to Amazon, Flipkart, or wherever you buy your books from. Order your copy, and we're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about a whole lot of things today, and you know, let's. Uh, so on this episode, we'll talk about the basic concepts how they pertain to you, your life, and most importantly, your money, guys. Okay, I know this podcast is called Paisa, but the book is called The Victory Project. Believe me, if you. follow what the book says you will see a transformation in your personal finance and in your life there's an entire chapter dedicated uh, in the end on this but without further ado sort of welcome to paisa paisa thank you so much for joining us today there's a i you know i've lost track of how many people have wanted you to be on the show maybe not for the topic that we're talking about but irrespective of that let's start with the book why exactly did you write this book and what got you interested in peak potential go for it So, so thanks, Arupam. Thank you for inviting me to to Pesa uh, Vasa. I've heard about lot about it over the years. So glad that I'm finally able to to be on the podcast with you. Uh, like you, I come from a middle class Indian family, and and the core ethos that is drilled into us from an early age is that we should study hard and get a good job because otherwise, you're told your your whole world will fall apart. So in my teenage years, my conception of what it took to hit peak potential was quite narrow. I have to concede that in my teenage years, I took a very narrow view of the world. But as I progressed through my personal life, right, first in the first in the UK and then in India, uh, as an equity analyst, I saw that most of the successful promoters and most uh, you know highly successful financial investors, uh, the people who were at the top of the tree, so to speak, they were there not just because of academics, but because they had very consciously cultivated a range of other skills, skills which can only be built through through focused effort, right? So just to take an example. in the victory project we've shown that fund managers like mark movius and professor sanjay bakshi uh, they're not just voracious readers of finance literature but also of material pertaining to the arts and spirituality when you and i were interviewing harsh mariwala i saw that his library was well stocked uh, not just with books on fmcg uh, or on management he also had books on on psychology right similarly one of the most interesting things i found when we interviewed promoters for for the victory project and i remember this also was true when we interviewed promoters for unusual billionaires uh, is that their ability to concentrate fiercely on on the subject at hand for an extended period of time So, for example, if you remember, on a year or so back, when we interviewed Sanjeev Bhikshandani of yeah. Infoher, just at his residence on a Saturday afternoon, right? This is a billionaire. You know, he's he's he doesn't have any need to focus so ferociously on the interview. Yet, the meeting lasted for over ninety minutes. Uh, not once during that time did he 
you know look at his mobile phone or respond to his you know his emails or his text messages or did he entertain other visitors right he was fully focused on the job of hand which was to tell us about his journey of building nokri.com and infoage Uh, ditto with our meeting with uh, purva purohit of uh, radio city right and that's why i find peak potential to be such an interesting subject the ability of highly motivated people to train their minds through voracious reading through spirituality through clutter reduction mental clutter reduction these are things which have been of interest to me ever since i published unusual billionaires uh, four years ago in 2016 and you know really glad that i got a chance to pull this together with you and look into the subject in depth in the in the victory project yeah i i remember all those interviews way back in 2016 i mean i've kind of lost track of the people that we had met even for the for, for the unusual billionaires from some from you know from sandeep engineer uh, in amdavad to possibly the biggest banks here in lower and in fact i just got a response from somebody on twitter who actually posted an extract of Sandeep Engineer's anecdote that was there from the book that that you had written about how he had faced failure in the start and he used to go door to door selling something. So that's yeah, I mean you're right about that. So now while the book discusses how everyone can train their mind to hit peak potential in the you know in in the con- in in the context of investment professionals, someone like you or even people that you work with, say as analysts or investors uh, in the stock markets. how is the book useful and what are the implications for people working in financial market the tendency i've seen amongst investment analysts and, and I, i was no exception uh, uh, when i was you know 10 20 years younger the tendency of investment analysts is to believe that their success or or lack thereof is down to hard work they want to work hard on reading annual reports on building their financial models um, and you know all of that is very laudable but the reality is that if you want outsized success as an analyst or an investor you necessarily have to see the world from angles that other peers can't even imagine right if you're doing the same old same old of slogging away on annual reports and spreadsheets you know that's not that's that's necessary but the essential prerequisite of success is you have to see the world from unusual angles from undiscovered angles you have to discover perspectives which others haven't discovered uh, to make it a little bit more dramatic you have to take your mind to places that no no one else has been to so the question then becomes how do you do that how do you how do you train your mind to see things others can't even imagine so quoting from the case study that we put together on mark mobius for the victory project he says travel has played a major role in shaping my investment philosophy in general and my world view in particular he says further travel opens up your mind you have to open up your mind because you're confronted with with different people different images different environments and you're not going to survive very long if you're closed minded you have to be willing to learn uh, explains dr mobius in the study in the case study and this is a specific anecdote he you know this great investor is now 82 83 years old he's is almost defined emerging markets investing in the last 40 years and he he, he gave us an anecdote uh, uh, about his traveling to japan this is japan back in the 50s and 60s before it became uh, an economic giant he was a scholarship student and he told us i was staying with a family in kyoto and their way of life 
and their outlook was so different from me an american american uh, 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 child that it was quite a big lesson for me and you know this is what i find interesting about peak potential you reach peak potential from traversing paths that others uh, others haven't traversed in the victory project i've also narrated my personal experiences where meeting other thinkers over dinner or drinks gave me the kernel of the ideas which now define marcellus investment uh, investment managers right so for example I first learned about Rob Kirby's 30-year-old paper on coffee can investing over over dinner with friends in 2013. Right, I remember this was in uh, in Phoenix Mills in 2013. I was having dinner with three other fund manager friends, and they told me about coffee can investing. Um, similarly, the idea behind Marcellus's Little Champs portfolio came from reading reading the German management consultant Hermann Simon's book, Hidden Champions of the 21st Century. Four years ago, and the recommendation to read that book in turn came from my from one of my earliest gurus in London, uh, uh, economist called John Key. So, reading widely, traveling extensively, socializing with a range of interesting people is as central to success in financial markets as say reading the annual reports, you know, really, really closely. Yeah, I yeah, my favorite uh, anecdote sort of is uh, Ramdev Ji from Motilal Oswal. This is a person. you know who came from really humble backgrounds mm. didn't know didn't even know how to uh, write in english but knew that if he had to crack his ca he, he would have to learn english and good lord the kind of efforts that he did and the learnings from there the folks um, you know this is not just about financial markets it's about a framework for learning so sort of we covered the financial markets part mm. now, what about our listeners you know who who work in a walk of life that's really far away from market what can the book tell them So look, I think I'll give you world exclusive here. Uh, Two thirds of the Victory Project has nothing to do with uh, finance or investing. It might shock some of your listeners, but uh, we are making a genuine attempt in this book to go well beyond finance and investing. In the first three sections of the book, we detail out what we call the simplicity paradigm, which is a a six-part framework for for achieving peak potential so the simplicity paradigm has two layers the first layer the foundational layer focuses on on specialization on simplification and on spirituality the second layer of the paradigm the more advanced skills are clutter reduction creativity and collaboration right each of these six steps are then brought to life using case studies which have nothing to do with finance and investing these are case studies ranging from uh, uh, from bruce lee to abraham lincoln uh, uh, to sachin dre uh, to to uh, uh, say the world of world of taxi drivers in in central london right um, it's only in the final section of the book that we have uh, chosen to use uh case studies from finance and investing to illustrate the simplicity paradigm so we delve into say great companies like amul uh and tcs and into the the thought process of great investors like john bogle and, and rob kirby but even in the final final section of the book anupam we use case studies of great music directors like rd burman and ar rahman to highlight the relevance of the simplicity paradigms to professionals in every walk of the life in every walk of life right and throughout the book throughout the book from the uh, the prologue through to the epilogue we track the evolution of two characters uh, akanksha who's a senior vp in a, a multinational company and suraj who's a rookie investment banking associate now obviously these people's lives uh, uh, echo a mirror many of our lives our challenges as you and i have built our careers in 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 this in the maximum city but the adoption of the simplicity paradigm by akanksha and by suraj 
provides a narrative that we believe anyone from any profession can identify with and benefit from. Yeah, folks, so that's your exclusive out there, that two-thirds of the book actually have nothing at all to do with, uh, you know, with markets and investing and P-E ratios and what to buy, what to sell. In fact, I have lost count of the kind of references that we have out there. I When I was researching for this book and when I was writing uh, my sections, I remember quoting from, you know, from Star Wars, from Kung Fu Panda. I, it's just all over the board. It's just, you know, such fun writing this book. So folks, we're going to take a small break out here. On the other side uh, of this break, when we come back, we're going to look at what we do in our lives versus what's written in the book. And finally, I know a lot of you guys have have so many, you know, the, one of the most asked questions I'm sure that Saurabh sort of gets is what exactly are his recommendations. So don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back on this really special episode. I'll call it the Victory Project special on Pesa Pesa with Saurabh Mukherjee, founder and CEO at Masculine Investment Managers. We'll be right back. And welcome back to this blockbuster special on Pesa Vesa. My guest is Saurabh Mukherjee, founder and CEO at Marcellus Investment Managers. We are talking about the recently released book, The Victory Project. On the first part of this episode, we spoke about how the book has a framework of people in the stock market, outside the stock market, and why uh, Saurabh got interested in the topic of the book. Now, in this part of the episode, we're going to get this really personal for you guys. We're going to talk about how, you know, what you are doing and how you can actually hit peak potential. So, Saurabh, welcome back. Let's take it from here. Okay, so mm. if you had to contrast the six steps in the book with what most people actually normally do in their lives, what are the biggest diversions that people actually do that stops them from hitting peak potential? Now, that's a really interesting subject. And if I look at the you know my, my social circle and if I look at even my own life, the two biggest deviations between the paradigm that we're expounding in the book versus the real world, I would say the first one is reading, reading widely and especially reading books. And what the rise of social media and the internet has done is it's destroyed the ability to, to concentrate on a book for an extended period of time. So people find they can concentrate, concentrate for a few minutes uh, but they can't concentrate, say, for an hour or a couple of hours, which is what you really need to do to get immersed in a book. Not only does this hamper your ability to read books, uh, but leaving that aside, the fragmentation of attention also hampers the ability of people to do deep work, right? And most successful people in any walk of life, whether it be doctors or sports sports stars or fund managers or business owners, most successful people I found are able to maintain fierce focus on complex material for extended periods of time. And I think that's become a real challenge for, for the vast majority of us because you know our minds have been pulverized by, by the rise of uh, social media and the internet and the fragmentation of attention uh, due to smartphones has, I think, become a real challenge for many of us. I would say that's the first deviation. The second is collaboration, right? Uh, uh, especially in our country, we grew up in a society where the modern cult of achievement is very much built around the individual. It's basically Ayn Rand's philosophy on, on steroids, right? Uh, people have been taught to believe that they can succeed in highly competitive professions by riding roughshod over, over other people. And if you look at it, just think about it a little bit more. The exam-oriented education system that our country has further encourages, you know, this type, this type of thinking, right? If till the age of 21, all you're doing is topping in exams and doing well in exams, obviously you grow up thinking that I, me and myself is the whole world, right? Unfortunately, in the real world, 
whether you want to build a great company, a great product, launch a successful fund or compose great music, all successful endeavors are necessarily collaborative, right? R.D. Burman is a legend, not just because he trained himself to become a world-class composer, but also because he convinced the best musicians in Bombay to play their hearts out for him. And he also convinced the, the biggest producers of the 60s and 70s to back him with seriously big bucks, right? Success in the modern free market economy is the collaborative endeavor, not a solo effort. And I think a lot of people spend the best part of their careers figuring out this enigma of the, of the free market, that by collaboration, we achieve success, not by running solo. Yeah, and I remember when we had met Manish Abharwal in Bangalore, uh, and you talk about reading, uh, if you recall the kind of place that we had been to, I think out of the four walls, four walls of the room that you were sitting in, three were completely covered. Absolutely. Floor to ceiling with books. I mean, it was just mind-boggling. And it showed the way he was talking with us, the the, the sheer range of anecdotes and examples that he was giving us. Absolutely. I remember, I remember he could quote verbatim sections of yeah. it was just mind-blowing, right? That gives you a sense of the how how powerfully his mind has been trained to, to focus on complex material and retain material, which he can then almost regurgitate at will when the relevant time arises, right? That is a massive skill. It takes years to cultivate that. And it's cultivation of those skills which drive peak potential. Yeah, and I think that, you know, you hit the nail on the head out there. I've... I've lost track of how many people we've, you know, I meet in personal life and everywhere else who flaunt the number of books that they read. And reading is a great habit. No issues, you know. I, I honestly, I, I admire them. But what I remember about Manish, and like you just said right now, that first is reading, then is quoting from there at the right moment in the right perspective. You're right. That kind of skill is not easy. It takes huge effort. And in fact, now that's, you know, that's that's actually the last. Last question of this recording uh, of this episode because, and I'm sure you get this a lot wherever you go. Uh, what are your recommendations? You know that in in your view, what would be the three most useful books that you read to build? You know that that you read when you were building the men, the mental models while researching the book. I know that the book has got a lot of references for a lot of books, but if you were to choose three useful books, what would they be? So I think given the amount of time we spent in the last two years pulling this together, let me give you the sort of the, the books which were most helpful in helping us uh, build the mental models which shaped the, the, the Victory Project. Um, so I think first of all, I remain a big fan of uh, I think Malcolm Gladwell's writings. He's one of the best writers, non-fiction writers in the planet. But I have to confess that Range by David Epstein uh, uh, blew me away. It was, it was really influential in helping us organize our thinking on the specialization, which is Malcolm Gladwell versus generalization, which is David Epstein. And I think we've tried to reconcile these two uh, points of view that you should specialize in one thing and do it for 10,000 hours versus being a generalist. But I think David Epstein in range has done a brilliant job of, of reconciling Gladwell's philosophy with his own, own point of view. Another pair of books which form, which formed uh, which provided great mental frameworks for the Victory Project were uh, Originals by Adam Grant. Uh, you know, three, four-year-old book. And then a 30-year-old book, uh, Creative People at Work by Doris Wallace and, and Howard Gruber. Uh, although the books are you know written 30 years apart, both of them provide really, really deep analysis on the underlying drivers of creativity, which have fueled the greatest minds in, say, the last 300, 400 years. Uh, and I think whilst you and I must have gone through 100-odd books to clarify our thinking around the simplicity paradigm, the two biographies that that stood out for me in helping helping me clarify my thinking around the paradigm 
वर वर्गीज कुरियन दामूल फाउंडर्स बायोग्राफी ऑटोबायोग्राफी इनफैक्ट आई टू हैड अ ड्रीम आई थिंक सुपर बुक ऑन हाउ समथिंग द साइज ऑफ अमूल कैन बी बिल्ड फ्रॉम द एशेज ऑफ 1947 व्हेन देयर वाज बेसिकली नो कंपनी देयर वाज नो अमूल टू अ कंपनी व्हिच टुडे व्हिच इज थ्री टाइम्स द साइज ऑफ नेस्ले इंडिया सो नेस्ले इंडियाज मार्केट कैप इज 2022 बिलियन डॉलर्स सो यू कैन इमेजिन इफ अमूल वर लिस्टेड हाउ बिग अ पावर हाउस इट वुड बी एंड अदर बायोग्राफी व्हिच वाज वेरी यूजफुल वाज ब्रूस ली Uh, Bruce Lee, a life by by a man called Matthew Polly, a journalist called Matthew Polly. I think superb biography of a of a great a great fighter, a great warrior, who in a way simplifies the who in a way exemplifies the the simplicity paradigm. So I think that would be my my top of the charts. Uh, David Epstein range, originals by Adam Grant, creative people at work by Doris Wallace, Howard Gruber, Varghese Kurian's biography, I Too Had a Dream, and Bruce Lee, a life by Matthew Polly. Fantastic, Saurabh. Let's just wrap up with your own books, right? Because this is like um, it's the you know it's the end of at least this journey. I'm sure you've got many more to go, many more books to write. But at least this, what it's been almost uh, almost five years since we started the unusual billionaire. So just wrap up this entire uh, journey, this entire philosophy that you've taken such a long, you've researched so much and you've built it so much. Just walk our listeners through the the trilogy. So sure. first. So first, first, you know, okay. Actually, I'll I'll let Saurabh walk our walk our listeners through that. Go for it, Saurabh. So then, we, we unusual billionaires came about because of Rob Kirby's coffee can investing framework. You know that. that that framework led us to around uh, a dozen odd uh, uh, indian companies who had generated 10x in 10 years 100x in 20 years 1000x in 30 years i'm talking about shareholder value here and you can imagine right if you if you are like asian paints and you've generated what 1900x returns uh, uh, in 38 years they were listed in 82 you can imagine there must be an extraordinary story behind it so unusual billionaires in a way is the story of these Uh, of dozen or so uh, extraordinary companies who generated enormous amounts of wealth in the 20 years ending 2015 2015 is when we researched the book 2016 when is when unusual billionaires was uh, was was published and that that uh, the, the research for the book um, really got me interested in the subject to why is it that only a select few promoters are able to see their industries in a unique perspective why is it that only champaklal choksi so how you could disrupt the paint industry in 1969 and go on to build a mammoth monopoly why is it that only aditya puri so how you could disrupt indian banking in 1996 and go on to build the powerhouse that is hdfc bank right so that that question really intrigued me um um Uh, we explored in coffee can investing in 2018 the results of of these great uh, promoters great ceos work which was the coffee can investing paradigm which is that the 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 typical indian uh, hnw or middle class saver out there who wants to uh, uh, invest his or her money successfully without falling mercy to indian fund managers all he or she has to do is look for companies who meet these two simple criteria 10% revenue growth 15% roc delivered over a decade and you have the coffee can investing paradigm but as i finished that book right i realized that there was still an, a story which has it which we hadn't told a story which we hadn't delved into which is the underlying drivers of greatness what leads to an aditya puri becoming an aditya puri what leads to a uh, a harsh mariwala building a 
a cooking oil and a hair oil monopoly right and that's what we have delved into in victory project and in that regard the victory project brings the trilogy to an end right we started with unusual billionaires focusing on great companies and looked for you know guardrails which, which great companies used to drive superior performance in coffee can investing we simplified it into a very easy to use investment paradigm that millions of people out there can use and in victory project we go deep we go deep into the mind names of these great promoters to understand why they are able to have ideas that nobody else has and just as importantly why they are able to turn these ideas into reality into execution in a way that very few promoters have been able to do so and hence the victory project to me is you know particularly satisfactory end to a 7 8 year period where you know i have tried my best to look for the drivers of outsized success in this great country that we live in Yeah, so it was absolutely. It was so much of fun uh, working with you for the unusual billionaires, and now again for the victory project. So much that I've learned. And you know, before I let you go on on the show, last question. I'm sure that all our listeners want to know. You know, maybe some some kind of tips, some kind of hacks, some kind of advice that can help them with their personal finances in general. For the last six odd months, God alone knows we've been grappling with these very uncertain times. um some of us have <laughs> some of us have jumped into the stock markets head on there was data which came in the papers about how this entire horde of people since they have time in their homes are dabbling directly in stocks trading them and god alone knows maybe stopping the sips or whatever and there are others who are you know probably struggling so on specifically on personal finances could you give our listeners some you know some advice some direction some tips just to wrap up this this episode So, as you know, it's very difficult to sort of give one solution which fits, uh, which works for everybody. So, in the Victory Project, for example, the the solutions we create for uh, Akanksha, who's a you know who's sort of forty something, very senior executive in a in a in a in a well played corporate role. Obviously, the portfolio we create for her in Victory Project is very different to the one we create for for Suraj, who's a rookie investment banker in his first job and is. in his mid 20s so it's different style different strokes for different uh, uh uh investors but if i had to look at my life and and you know give you sort of three foundational principles which i used to look after uh, my family's finances the first thing is i try to make sure at any point in time uh we have 3 years worth of living expenses stashed away in a good fixed deposit or government bonds right because you know i i i work in the stock market i i am i'm a promoter of a small financial services company and therefore i don't know what the future holds for me so i got to buy a basic level of security for my family and myself by by putting away 3 years worth of living expenses in in a risk free in risk free investments in the second way i've thought about our finances as a family is you know we got to pay for our children's university education and my wife and i have to uh, also finance our retirements and therefore the second layer of investing focuses on these two goals i i i i call it the 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 uh, the sort of stability layer first layer was security basics second layer is pay for children's education and our retirement the stability layer and this is where i find my own philosophy i eat my own cooking of coffee can investing Uh, invest in stellar franchises clean promoters essential products very high barriers to entry no speculation no faffing around class compounders 
uh, form the stability layer of our portfolio right i have a great deal of faith uh, in these companies we've done a lot of research and we are convinced that these can compound at at 20% per us over the next 5 10 20 years and the final layer of the portfolio of our, of our of our financial planning is what i call ambition right so so ambition for me is to basically uh, uh, write more books spend more time reading spend more time traveling and if i am to finance my ambition of reading and traveling extensively rather than managing money i have to have to pay for that so there's a one final layer of our portfolio which is investing in really high quality small caps it forms around 20 25% of the mukherjee family portfolio top quality small caps akin to our little champs portfolio where we can see that not only are these clean dominant franchises but over the next uh, 10 20 years they could potentially give our give our family returns in the say vicinity of 25% so security through fixed deposits stability through investing in coffee can franchises and then financing ambitions and kind of the good to have things in life uh, life of leisure reading and, and traveling financed through high quality small cap investing and that is folks that is a wrap on this episode this blockbuster episode of paisa paisa my guest forum kurji founder and ceo and masalas investment managers folks if you've not already signed up uh, for masalas weekly newsletters and the blog posts that i write please do the website is marcelus.in i am subscribed and i can tell you it is the finest investment writing that you can get right now uh, and especially the weekend newsletter three longs two shorts which has just such a wide variety of reading remember what sort of said about having an open mind and reading a whole diverse set of topics you want that just subscribe to the newsletters straight away they out they are open for the public unlike other people uh, sort of newsletters also for the pms or little champs whatever it is are all out in the public domain the twitter handle you can also follow the twitter handle which has all of this released over you know uh, on a daily basis whenever this material is out so, so that's a wrap folks i'm you know i could probably record so many episodes with sorab but for for now this is it that is sorab bukaji founder and ceo at marcelus investment managers sorab thank you so much for joining us for thank joining you. us and doing this episode for our listeners thank you anupam thanks it was a pleasure working with you and thank you for inviting me to paisa paisa thank you anupam And listeners, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM Network. You can listen to us on the IBM Podcast app or IBM Podcast dot com. You can also follow us on social media. We are IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach me, I am B Fifty on Twitter. And thank you so much for listening to Pesalus. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.